We will pay for convenience. We love that, and it plays very well into single-serve coffee. And the good thing about single-serve coffee is it's not just convenience in a watered-down gas station cup of coffee. It has become a premium cup of coffee. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, your one-stop shop for everything, everything, including single-serve, that you want to know about coffee. And today is no different. Today, I'll be talking with a very good and longtime friend of mine, Mark Modenbach, with Podpack. And we're going to kind of make the plus or minus argument is single-serve coffee here to stay. And is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And uh, we will leave it up to you, 101ers, see what you think. In the studio today, Katie's not with me. I'll be honest with you. Katie had her wisdom teeth taken out. Yikes. I know some of you have gone through that, and you probably would not want to record a intro and outro for a podcast a couple of days after you had your wisdom teeth taken out. And Katie would be in that camp. I'll be honest. And she'd be okay with me saying this. She kind of looks like a chipmunk right now. But she will be back for the next episode. So you will have to just just, just bear with it that you just have me today. And today on the show, I'll be talking with a good friend of mine, Mark Modenbach, with Podpack. And Podpack is a... Single serve extraordinaire as far as coffee goes, and they do a great job as far as the quality control, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But the big thing is, is single serve here to stay, and is that a good thing, or is that a bad thing, or do people have opinions? And so I want you to listen with an open mind and, yeah, just kind of see what you think. So let's jump right into it. This is my interview with my good friend Mark Modenbach with Podpack. Mark. Hey, Kenneth. Got you on the show. It's about time. I know. Long time coming. We've been uh, good friends for a long time, um, mostly in coffee, a little bit in geeking out and engineering stuff. Um, and you're with Podpack. Yes, sir. Podpack International. Okay. And um, so today I thought, you know, we talk about single serve is here to stay. I truly believe so. Okay. I don't think it's going anywhere. It's job security, soon. right? Yeah, it better be. <laughs> well, um, so let's talk about it a little bit. So, you know, with pods or with any of those kind of ways that, um, you know, you can make it as a single serve. Obviously, one of the things is convenience, right? Yeah, so how I would talk about convenience is maybe a little bit of a play on our wonderful American society. We will pay for convenience, us right. Americans. We love that, uh, and it plays very well into single-serve coffee. Um, and the good thing about single-serve coffee is it's not just convenience in a, a watered-down gas station cup of coffee. It has become a premium cup of coffee. Yeah. All the different commercials you see out there, whether it's 
George Clooney being very sexy, talking about Nespresso. It is um, it is a premium uh, uh, type of way to get coffee. Yep. And so, you know, we've talked about on the show before, um, you have, I would call like quality, convenience, and price. And so with, you know, your single serve, some may argue that, and 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 you can argue me uh, against this, uh, but some may argue that you're giving up a little bit in quality, but that you've got convenience and you've got price. And so, you know, it's it's easy and it's beneficial to have, like, say, two of those three um, at any given time for any given coffee or any given product. Um, it's really hard to get, like, all three. But I know that through the company you work with, y'all have a lot of those, like, quality things in place. So – Single-serve coffee comes in a lot of different formats, Yeah, right? So what you're looking for in your single-serve um, 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 type of delivery system can get you the level of quality that you're looking for. Um, not saying anything against the, the coffee purist and how it should be done through a French press or a uh, all the different TikTok videos I see about triple brewing stuff or yeah. froth brewing. It's it's completely fine. It's not a problem. Uh Single serve coffee is appealing to a very certain segment, and it's it's got its place. It's it's sort of like it doesn't compete with what the coffee purist wants to do. It is a different way to reach a different market. Uh, you could push it back to just an evolution of how coffee has happened. And in my mind, and I'm sure there's probably other people say different ways, but I feel like the single serve market has come from uh, I owe it to Starbucks. Yeah. Right? Because so tell me about that. So back in the day after World War II, what was happening with coffee? It was about getting as much coffee out there as possible. It was not about specialty, right? So right, right, what right. was the big yeah. people doing? What was Folgers? What was Maxwell House doing? They were putting water into the coffee. So they to sell by weight, mm. you put water in there in the coffee grounds and then all of a sudden you're selling more weight but not a lot of coffee. So right. then guess what happened? Mr. Starbucks came around in the 70s and that cup of coffee that was being sold at the time was in the diner a nickel, a dime, whatever right. it was, push as much as possible. Well, somebody in Starbucks came to those guys and said, "Hey, I've got a format that I believe People will pay a dollar for a cup of coffee. A dollar. And they said, you're crazy. They said, you're crazy. Yeah. And what is it being paid for right now, right? Yeah. Nine, eight, ten dollars for right. a cup of coffee. But at the time, that was a radical idea. <clears throat> Completely radical. Yeah. So they blew up, which was already there in, in the, you know, in certain segments of the coffee world. They blew up the specialty coffee market. And then from that came a specialty premium single-serve option for a different group of people. They don't, they don't compete. It's not a competing thing. That's not what's going on here. This is, this is a way to reach more people. If we're yeah. going to push coffee to more people, we've got to find different ways to reach them. And single-serve formats are a multitude of different things. It's not just a Keurig-style K-cup that's out there. Well, okay, so I'm going to jump in here. So a um, couple of very, very good points that you made. Uh, one is, and this is kind of what we would say with Humble Coffee and we would say with Coffee 101, like 
if you like your coffee, then thumbs up. Like, thumbs up. That's it. Like, I am not going to try to push my coffee onto you, and you can try to push your coffee onto me, and if it's me specifically, yes, I'll probably drink it because I'll drink anything. But, um, and even what you said, you said it's not competing with that, you know, specialty pour over. It's a different market, and it is here to stay. And so I was looking at some, um, I guess, percentages uh, recently, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but like up to, we'll say, 26% of the U.S. coffee consumers would prefer a single-serve cup of coffee like a, you know, like a pod or something like that on a daily basis, okay? So I'd say a lot of that is just to say that word convenience again, but <clears throat> single serve gives you um, uh, that options of, of building your own cup of coffee from all these different formats through the same simple delivery system, right? So it's it makes it easy for you to have a, <clears throat> a wide variety of uh-huh. options to choose because that, that delivery system, that K-Cup, Keurig-style K-Cup, or whatever it is, they put different things in there, right? And as long as it goes through the brewer and you get a good cup of coffee that doesn't have grinds in it or anything you don't want in there, then you have changed up what you're drinking that morning, and you can do it in the convenience of your own home. Yep, and so we have um, uh, – so there, as far as, like, different single-serve or, like, packs or pods or whatever you want to call it type of things – I know we have K cups and we have uh, Nespresso. What what other what other things do we have? You got it. Um, so just like espresso, uh-huh. we have uh, single serve espresso pods out there. We have them in different formats. Whether it's in a uh, uh, we call them a, a single shot espresso or a double shot espresso. Uh, there's in the pods themselves, which is the American style round uh, uh, single serve cup uh, pods that will just filter paper with coffee in the middle can hit multiple different segments just based upon the brewer and the grind and how much coffee that is put inside there Uh whether it's a hotel room that has a a three-minute brew time with a drip over brewer to an office coffee that takes a little more coffee a little bit of a different grind uh with with um, a pressure brewer at about one bar pressure or something to the effect of like a um, a quick serve restaurant like a gas station or a, a a moving through fast food restaurant that will have a different same same style pod with different weight throw weight coffee in there and go for like a 13 and a half ounce cup of coffee and then they can put the the, the flavoring in there the little sprays and stuff yeah. like that uh, there's also, uh, we have a format that is a little bit bigger style pod uh, designed for uh, cold brew, single serve cold brew that you can do a, a steeping overnight and you can have a cold brew cup of coffee just from dry grounds. We've got a, a certain so format that'll do that. Is it like just a little like? Um, it's sort of like a teapot, but it's got yeah, a whole bunch just, of coffee in it. And you, you just throw it in there? In eight ounces of water. Okay. Let it brew, uh, steep for eight to 12 hours and in the morning you have a great cold cup uh, of coffee, cold brew cup of coffee, I got believe you. it or not, from just dry grounds. Cool. Uh, and it's all about grind and and being able to uh, get the water into it, sort of like the toddy method. I don't know if you've – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we do a toddy also, but with, with pods. 
and it actually makes uh, a pretty interesting like little valleys and holes in the water to get the in the coffee so the water can get to different parts of it one of the things with toddy is it makes it kind of like a a compact and, and the water doesn't really get to extract as much as you would like to but with the pods you have little voids in there and the water can get to the coffee better um there's also uh we do a format that's like a, a little bit of instant coffee a little bit of ground coffee and it's uh doesn't even need a brewer just like the cold cup of coffee you take hot water and you you dunk it in there uh for three to four minutes good for a deer stand you know mm-hmm. if you're just gonna cook a little pot of water and so make a like cup a, of coffee like a tea bag type mm-hmm. of thing like but a tea bag okay yes, sir. i got you we'll be right back with mark and everything he has to tell us about single serve i'm kenneth thomas and this is coffee 101 all right 101ers so maybe you're not convinced that single serve is something that you like. That's okay. And for you one to oneers out there who like single serve for the convenience and it's just the cup of coffee you like, but you may not like the what you would call foo-foo, like specialty coffee. That's okay too. The great thing is that we all like coffee. And that we can see that as the unifying point for all of us. So, I just want to say that I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you love coffee. And I'm happy that you're open to this conversation that we're having about the vast breadth of what coffee can be. All right, let's get back to the show with Mark. Tell me more, just out of my curiosity, the espresso pods. Uh, like, is it like a puck? So, it's like a puck again. Two pieces of filter paper with okay. coffee in there. Uh, of course, espresso, really fine grind. Um, for it to work in any sort of uh, uh, espresso brewer, you've got to have a, a basket in there that conforms to the, the, the form of the pod. Uh-huh. Um, so, it looks different between the the single shot and the double shot. So you have to have a different basket. So you just take your portafilter handle, you pop in the basket, and then you put the pod in there, and then you don't have to have fine, well-trained mm. baristas like you have here. If you're in a a, um, a, a gas station, which is where a lot of these go, uh, yeah. you can have somebody who's been there for 20 minutes training, and all of a sudden they can pull a shot of espresso with our pods. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, and so one thing, I guess, for me, you know – Part of the struggle in the specialty coffee world is, you know, saying, okay, well, my coffee in a pod may not taste the same as it does like if I did it fresh. And in the specialty world, what we see is a hesitancy sometimes for um, for companies to, like, commit to that. But to me... This is my personal opinion. I think ultimately our goal is we're trying to get people to like and enjoy coffee. And if we can get more people to like and enjoy coffee, then thumbs up. And so if we're missing 26% of the market because by choice, they're not going to be buying, you know, that three and a half dollar, 12 ounce cup of coffee, you know, that's at the coffee shop. They're going to be doing something 
that's a single serve, then we need as as specialty coffee. I think we need to be more in that market, if that makes sense. It does. Um, for me, marketing. Uh, yeah. You've probably heard this old adage. You've probably said it before multiple times on the show. If somebody has a bad experience, how many people do they tell? A bunch. 22. That's okay. about That's about what it is. Yeah? When you have a good experience. It's fascinating. It is. When you have a good experience, how many people do you tell? Three. Like three or four or five. Okay. So realize what's going on there. The dichotomy yeah. is people love to talk about negative yeah right what's in the news all that kind of fun stuff it's just negative non-stop so what your really goal is and I, I hear you saying it is you want your your end user to have a good experience right because if they're taking that step to come to your single serve they're already saying yes what you don't want them leaving with is a no right that's the point right so we're so you're right and, and again it's it's a it's a not compete thing with pod pack our process begins with making the roaster, you, Kenneth, comfortable with the product that we're going to put out, which means is we do a sample process. Okay. You send us your blue ribbon winningest best beans ever, and you know how you want that flavor profile to taste. Right. So what you do is you say, hey, Mark, I'd like it in this format. We put it in that format. We put our engineering, which is grind and packaging, making sure that we're we're uh, uh, doing what you want us to do, and then we send you that product back. Nothing's hit the market. Yeah. The first person we got to sell is you. Yeah. We have to get you on board with this, right? So that piece, that transition that you're talking about, and I completely get it. This is everybody's roaster. The, the product you put out is your baby. Plain right. and simple. Your heart and soul goes into it. I know it. I see it. I know what it takes to make a roaster do what it's supposed to, but not just do what it's supposed to, but do it consistently. That's a lot of pain and effort right there. The last thing you want to do is put out an inferior product. And same for us. That is not what we want to do. But we know without even worrying about the single-serve brewer, without worrying about how we're packaging it, the first thing we just have to have you bought in. And yeah. the only way we can really do that is, is let you do what you do. Is give us a chance. Let us let us sample your stuff. Taste it. And if it doesn't meet what you're looking for, guess what? We can change. We can modify things. Yeah. Until you feel like it's time, we don't move. Yeah, because you you know I guess you could you could change the grind. Mm-hmm. You know, change you, how much weight's going in there. Yeah, we yeah that's true. You could change the weight. Um, you could. I guess on the roaster side, if we really needed to, we could adjust the roast level Definitely, that gets to you. That's when you really know that uh, for PodPack, it's about a partnership. Yeah. I'm not really worried about the first order we get. That's not what my goal is. My goal is the second order. Because what does the second order mean? The second order means that you have put all this time and effort to get it into the first um, order, you have gone out there to your market, your customers, you have sold it, and you have run out of stock. And now you're saying, hey, I've got a draw, right. and I'm ready for a second order. If I get a second order from you, I'm going to keep you. Yeah, that's good. Well, um, so I know y'all, so uh, let's let's segue a little bit to talking about PodPack specifically. Um, and, you know, for the one on ones out there, just – as far as neutrality, there's, of course, other, uh, you know, packing um, companies out there. 
Um, Mark's a good friend of mine, and, and we talk coffee all the time. So got him on the show, and they are a good company, and they do some great work. Um, with Podpack, um, tell us a little bit. You told us a little bit about the process of actually getting um, getting it in, into, uh, like, dialed in or what you would call it. One question, and you would be able to answer this better uh, than me, is, like, what what do you see as far as, like, the future of single serve, but also with that, like, do you see changes in single serve and or um, do you see markets that are already there growing? Does that make sense? Yeah, of course so, it does. Yeah. So, um uh, what I see with single serve is it is a way for a roaster to get their name out in a different way. Um, it that we have multiple options that a a a roaster company can go through and choose depending on what market they're going after, right? So I feel that complementing uh, a roaster's current product or offering with. Um, uh, whatever single serve firm format that works best with them is just another uh, tool in their, in their toolbox. Um, I don't see single serve moving uh, uh, backwards. Uh, the last time I looked, which was a couple of years ago, uh, uh, 22 billion just Keurig style K cups were being used in America a year. And that's, that's a huge market, right? I can tell you uh pod pack might not be a, a fly on an elephant's batute, uh, for the size of single serve, uh, but we definitely uh, I feel like we do those formats that we dabble in as as premium as you can. Right. Again, it's it's that relationship, it's the partnership that we try to develop with the roaster. Um, when as a co-packer, I feel like I'm a part of their process. Right. I feel like as soon as I am entrusted with the upholding the integrity of their roasted beans that it hits my door, our door, uh, we are going to do the best we can to uphold to the standard that they are trying to tell us to uphold to. And we deliver back to them as many of those beans in ground single serve form as we can back to them because it's, it's, it's not hard. It's, I mean, it's not easy making this roasted coffee. Um, I, I, I know what it takes to get that bean from the tops of the mountains in Columbia yeah. to your cup of coffee in your house, uh, and that's a long process. And, and we try to be a, a, a portion of that and and try to give it the uh, level of attention that it needs so we can say that, hey, we are a part of Humble Coffee's um, <clears throat> reaching out there to the market. And, and we take it with that, that type of pride. You know, and one thing you said there as far as, like, doing the best with what you have – we have talked about that also multiple times on the show as far as, especially with specialty coffee, but um, everybody in the process hopefully is doing their best in their part in the process. And another way that people say it is they'll say all the hands, but like farmer's going to do his job. Hopefully the importer's going to do his job. The export, I mean, the export's going to do his job. The importer's going to do his job. Um, the roaster uh, is going to do the best they can with the green bean that they have in their hand. That's right. And then once it's roasted, then you're either splitting off to like send it 
to y'all as far as like for single serve and you're doing the best you can with it or you're sending it to coffee shop and they're doing the best they can with it or you're sending it directly to the end user and hopefully they're doing the best they can with it and you and I've talked about before but one of the beauties of coffee compared to um and you even see this with single serve um compared to like wine or beer or something like that is the end user still has the opportunity to finish off the product and they 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 can have a hand in that so if it's your keurig or your nespresso or whatever you do still have a choice in this process in that you can um take that little pot and you can make with your coffee to water ratio you can make a six ounce eight ounce twelve ounce whatever and you could do the same or and or you could add whatever you want to add to it um so yeah so everybody doing kind of the best with what they are given in the process which i think is a bigger goal and a bitter bigger satisfaction on the back end than saying um this coffee made this way tastes different than this coffee made this way. Does that make sense? It does. It does. You know, when I think about um, what coffee is a, as a whole in this world, and I'm sure you've heard these statistics before, but when I first heard it, it just blew my mind. Uh, coffee as a whole, from the farm to the barista, employs a billion people around the world. I believe it. It is ginormous. Why yeah. is it so big? Right, because we love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> definitely true, definitely true. But it's it's going off of what you say, right? Everybody's something different. Right. Everybody's had different walks of lives. That tongue that you have in your mouth, or that nose that's wafting that that good smell of coffee. My nose and my tongue are different from everybody else's. Yeah. But coffee is able to be almost whatever you want it to be for your palate. And it yeah. is, I don't know, it's just sort of like a, uh, you know, a we are the world type thing. I feel Michael Jackson sing- the in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we all we hold hands. To, I didn't know we were allowed to sing on this. I've, oh, I've yeah. got some tunes I could kick out if you need me to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do all kinds <laughs> of crazy stuff. Um, well, so tell me about um, if there is a roaster that – either sustainability and or certifications are kind of part of their priority as a business. Like where do, where does single serve and or pod pack come into that conversation? So we've got a couple of different formats um, that are industrially compostable uh, packaging products. So we do a Keurig style K-cup that has a BPI-approved and official certification number that does uh, that's industrially compostable. What does that mean? That means that the, the cup itself, the filter paper, the coffee, the lid, in that put-together format can be industrially composted. Not home composted, which is a totally different uh, uh, game, but industrially composted. Uh, we still do the, the, the traditional Keurig-style K-cups, but we have two different formats. We have a K-cup, and then we have the um, American-style one-cup pod that also has uh, BPI-approved industrially compostable packaging material. So we have two formats for that, uh, but just in general, um, 
we've got products that we feel like are uh, completely aligned with the, with the green uh, push and with um, aligning with people's goals to be able to uh, show a sustainable uh, a company. What about, um, so like if they have random like organic or rainforest alliance or stuff do, like that? We do, uh, we're uh, SQF. Uh, level two, uh, we are uh, organic certified. We uh, are uh, certified through uh, Rainforest Alliance. Uh, we're kosher certified, um, and of course BPI certified. So there's a, there's a lot of different certifications that yeah. Podpack has. Which I know, talking to other um, people in not with single serve but in different industries, like it's not easy to get those certifications, no, especially can, on yeah. I can tell you very much. It is a <laughs> lot of regulation. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's I mean, it's coffee. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that we have auditors that come into our facility multiple times a year. Uh, we have un- unannounced audits, which means that they tell you, hey, we're going to be here within a, a 60-day window, which means you've got to be on your P's and Q's the entire time. Yeah. We have customer audits uh, uh, that come through our facility. I'd probably say we're – we're doing maybe twelve different style audits throughout the year, yeah. all the time, and we're we're an open book, right? Because we're a co-packer. We want you to feel like our process is your process, and the only way we can do that is to invite you in and, and show you uh, what we do. Yeah, which goes back to what we we're saying: uh, take what you are given, and then do the best that you possibly can out of it. Yes, sir. Um, one last question, then I'll let you go, Mark. Uh, so for roasters out there or roasting companies, they might not know where to start as far as, you know, they might say, okay, well, I don't have the volume of customers uh, to, to come to you because I think that the, they might assume that the volume might be too big for, you know, just a, just a single run. Um, but I know you all have a couple of options so tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so depending on what format you want to get into, it will be depending on um, if you wanted to put your coffee in there and that was that was a, a starter spot uh, that we have to reach. That's just, just for the packaging equipment, right? To be able to process it, you have to have a minimum amount of coffee to move through. Uh, if you're looking to use single serve just to get your name and your and your in your label out we also have an option for that right so we have generically late uh non-labeled keurig style k-cups and coffee that that we've sourced um and we can put your label on it so you just wanted a storefront to just put your label on there and get people to buy uh, uh, K cups to see if there's a market for for your uh, uh, label, and then come back later once you see that there is a a draw, and then we can go and put your coffee into it. But the biggest thing I would say um, first and format for, foremost is to get your coffee into whatever single serve format you want. Do that flavor profile, do that test, see if it's something that you can. Market out there, and uh, that would be the first step I would do because that's the lowest amount of investment, and and it would give you a good understanding of what your product would do in whatever single serve format you choose. Gotcha. And so, um, one last last thing. <laughs> so you have Pod Pack, yes. but you also have Joe's, Joe's Garage, Garage, yes, which sir. is like it's it's uh, so Pod Pack is in Louisiana, yes, sir, and then. 
Joe's Garage is in Washington State? It is. It's in okay. uh, uh, right next to Seattle in okay. a little town called Kent. Uh, we have recently become partners, I'd probably say almost a year and a half ago, and it's been a great relationship. Uh, they've added another uh, aspect to our offerings that we didn't have before in the past. Uh, they, Even though they do single-serve coffee, we've never really competed we're going after diff- different segments of the market, and uh, they can do things on a smaller scale compared to what uh, Podpack can do, uh, and they also have three roasters, so it allows them to be more flexible and uh, uh, get to a bigger audience than what we've had in the past, so, and it's been a great relationship. It's a great team. Um, we've, we've meshed well. Uh, believe it or not, that South Louisiana culture yeah. is up there in Louisiana, uh, up there in Seattle, too. You just got to find it right, yeah. and get the right people, but it's right. just about uh, uh, good-loving people that, that want to uh, put their energies around coffee, and that's that's not hard to find. Well, I am going to put my vote in for single serve coffee is here to stay what do you say uh yes sir my kids <laughs> depend on it all right well listen we enjoyed having you mark and we'll uh we'll we'll get you back sometime on the show you got it kenneth thank you so much all right one on ers did we convince you did we convince you that single serve is something that has a place in the coffee repertoire in the pot potpourri of all the different things that we can do with coffee. Um, I hope that we convinced you of that. Uh, In the least, I hope that we convinced you that however people like their coffee, as long as they like coffee, then we are all in the same boat and we can all raise a mug to each other as a cheers. So, that's all I have for today. So, as always, 101ers, I would love for you to do two things for me. One is to tell a friend, and the other is to give us a rating. Um, We would love to have you do both of those, or you can just pick one of them. So, either a rating or tell a friend. If you do a rating, or especially if you have a question, Please put that in the rating in the comment section because we're starting to try to work on going through some of those questions as people have them and answering them at the beginning of the next show. So until next time, love y'all. Peace out. See you next time on Coffee 101.